3,978 years ago, 3,978 years ago, Jacob came safely to the city of Shechem, which is in the land of Canaan, when he came uh, from Pandaram, and he pitched his tent before that city, and he, brought a, he bought a parcel of land where he had pitched that tent from the children of Hamer, Shechem's father, for 100 pieces of money. Then he erected an altar there and called it El Elohi Israel which means mighty one, God of Israel. And that's found in Genesis 30, 18 through 20. The human body needs water to survive. The body depends on water. Every cell, every tissue, every organ in your body needs it to work. And you need water for any of those things to work properly. Your body uses water to maintain its temperature. It removes toxins from your body. It lubricates the joints. It helps you produce, uh, it helps the brain to produce hormones. Water is needed for all over good health. Without water, the average person will only live three to five days. Without water, the average person will only live for three to five days. And that just depends on the conditions. No water means no life. Water is a must, and without it, you will die. Only in the Gospel of John is Jacob's well even mentioned in Scripture. It's not mentioned in Genesis when it talks about Jacob, but all the history that we have in Genesis about Jacob, not one time does it mention the fact that, that he dug a well. But when you settle a piece of land and you, you uh, plan to raise a family and you build a farm and you have animals, you've got to have water. And when you need water and there's none around, you dig a well. The traditional site of Jacob's well uh, cannot be located by finding Shekar, which we'll read that name here in just a minute in our text. You can't find it on the map as the, that city is no longer in existence. However, the site thought to be the biblical Shechem is, is called Telebalata by the archaeologists, and it's near a well. And this is important because the Bible says Jacob bought the land from Shechem and lived at a place for a, lived at that place for a long time. He would have required a well, and it's perfectly reasonable that he dug a well right there. Also, the well at uh, Tel Balata is indeed of ancient Orient. Uh, so these biblical and geographical facts point to the site to be a good match for what the Samaritan woman called Jacob's well. Let's read in John chapter 4, verses 1 through 15 to start our journey of the woman at the well. You have your Bibles with you tonight. John chapter 4, we'll start in verses 1 and we'll read through verse 15. And therefore, when the Lord knew that the, the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself did not baptize but his disciples. He left Judea and he departed again to Galilee, but he needed to go through Samaria. So he came to the city of Samaria, which is called Shekar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there, Jesus therefore being uh, weary from his journey, set thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman of Samaria came and drawed water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the, then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it you, being a Jew, ask 
a drink from me, a Samaritan woman, for Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. And Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us this well, and we drink from it himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. And the woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. Isn't that a great passage of scripture and we know it well and we'll continue next week to read the rest of it but tonight I want to talk about uh, some of this passage right here and there's some things that we really need to realize in this passage and and there's some historical you know relevance of this of this land and it's very significant because Jacob later to be named Israel gave this to his sons and that and that 12 was what made up the head of the tribes of Israel also, this is the place where the bones of Joseph were laid to rest right after the Israel's exited from Egypt. Another thing that is important is that is in Samaria, they had no major rivers running through it. There was no supply of water whatsoever, but there was uh, wades that ran through the land. And these are natural drainage channels that would, uh, that would dry up and they would only be uh, wet during the rainy season. And Jeremiah actually used that word, uh, wades, as an image of deceit, the image of deceit. But I believe that the main reason that Jacob's well was there was because there was a certain Samaritan woman who would come and seek water at that well, and Jesus would meet her there. You see, there's always a bigger picture when it comes to God's plan and everything that is in his view, because he can see it all. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and the end, and he sees from start to finish. And nothing is done without all the pieces being placed exactly where they need to be by him when they need to be placed. He uses his people over time to bring his plans to their full understanding and we are just the pieces that he uses to build that overall picture amen isn't that a wonderful thing that god does this he uses generations and generations and generations to fulfill his plan 3978 years later after digging a well jesus met a certain samaritan woman there this passage is about a woman it's about a well it's about water but it's more significant than just water from a well it's about the well who is Jesus and the water which he gives us. A Samaritan woman come to draw the water and she asked Jesus for, her, for a drink. Or Jesus asked her for a drink and the Samaritan woman was quite shocked because Jesus was a Jew. And the relationship between Samaritans and Jews 
was really non-existent. They did not like each other. They hated each other. And, of course, she had no idea who Jesus was or why he even asked her for a drink. Why would a Jew do something like that? She was, had to be thinking to herself, why? Would he, why would he even speak to me? Besides that, she was coming out there during the heat of the day when all the other women had already come out in the morning. And she was, there's reasons for all of that. And Jesus, Jesus was, and he asked, she asked him, how could you ask her for a drink of water? How could you ask her for a drink of water? How? Jesus ignored the question and went right to the point. If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked for the drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Jumps around the questions. Goes right to the point. Notice that he doesn't say that he is the living water. Isn't that interesting? He didn't say that he's living water, but that he would give living water to her. And when she received it, that she would never thirst again. She would never want to drink again. Of course, that doesn't tell us what the living water is. For that, we must go to another passage of Scripture. And we don't have to go very far, but over to John chapter 7, we find Jesus in the temple surrounded by a great throng of worshipers. Imagine that. Jesus in the temple surrounded by worshipers. One of these days... That's going to be the picture. It's going to be worshipers surrounding Jesus, worshiping him. But here in John chapter 7, we find at the very beginning, of he's surrounded by these, these people, and they're there worshiping because they've come for the Feast of the Tabernacles. And he suddenly cries out, If anyone is thirsty, let him come and drink. He who believes in me, as the Scripture says, for his innermost being will flow rivers of living Water spring up in me, O oh well, right? But this he spoke of the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For the Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus had not yet been glorified. Here, Jesus refers to the Holy Spirit as the living water. The living water, eternal influence of the Spirit has always been given in this in this conversation and the, and the sanctification of the Old Testament saints and the prophet, but the gift of the Spirit who would indwell in believers had not yet been received. And we find it in, in Acts chapter 10. It talks about that in verses 44 and 45. So through the, and, and so though many people say that Jesus is the living water, Jesus himself intended the phrase to mean the Holy Spirit who dwells in the believers and seals them for their salvation as it says in Ephesians 1, 13 and 14. It is the ministry of the Spirit flowing out of the heart, redeemed by God, that blesses believers and through them brings life and light to the world. That river of life that flows through us, the Holy Spirit in us. John 14, John 4, 14 says, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst but that the water that I shall give, give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. I have a river of life flowing out of me. It makes the lame to walk and it causes the blind to see. We just sang that. It opens prison doors and it sets the captives free. I have a river of life flowing out of me. Thank God that we have 
songs that are biblically sound that we can sing, even though they're fun songs, but they're biblically sound. Amen? And we get to sing those fun songs. But let's not stop there because in Isaiah 43, verses 19 and 21, it says, Behold, I will do a new thing, and now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and a river in the desert. The beasts of the field will honor me and the jackals and the ostrich because I have given water in the wilderness and the river in the desert to give drink to my people, my chosen. This people I have formed for myself. They shall declare my praise. Isaiah 12, 3 through 13, it goes on. For with joy you will draw water from the well of salvation. And in the day you will say, praise the Lord, call upon his name, declare his deeds among his people. Make mention that his name is exalted. Sing to the Lord for what he has done and the excellent things. This is known in all the earth. Cry out and shout, O inhabitants of Zion, for great and holy one of Israel is in your midst. Is it, it's truly about the well and the water that comes from the well. It's truly about the well. And the water that comes for us, Jesus Christ, he is our well. From him we have received the living water, the water that is now flowing from us. Amen. The Bible talks more about the living water and the rivers of water that are to come. In Zechariah 14, 8 through 9, it tells us this right here. And in that day it shall be that living water shall flow from Jerusalem, half of them towards the eastern sea and the half towards the western sea in both summer and winter it shall come and the lord shall be king over all the earth in that day it shall be the lord is one and his name is one ezekiel 47 1 through 1 through 12 tells us such a great story i mean an awesome story it says there then he bought he brought me back to the door of the temple and there was water flowing from underneath the threshold of the temple towards the east, and for, for, for the front of the temple faced east. The water was flowing from under the right side of the temple, south to the altar. He brought me out by way of the north gate, and he led me around to the other side, and the outer side, the outer gateway that faced east. And there was water running out of the right side. And when the man went out to the east with a line in his hand, he measured 1,000 cubits. If you know what a cubit is, we learned, we learned this this week, didn't we, Robert, in Bible study. It's about 18 inches. So that's about 1,500 feet this guy's measured across there. And he brought me through the waters, and the water came up to my ankle. Again, he measured 1,000, and it brought me through the waters, and the waters came up to my knees. Again, he measured 1,000, and he brought me through. The waters came up to my waist. And again, he measured 1,000, and, and it was a river that could not be crossed. It was a river that could not be crossed. And it gets exciting right here. For the water was too deep, water in which one must swim, a river that could not be crossed. He said to me, Son of man, have you seen this? Then he brought me, and he returned me back to the bank of the river. And when I returned, there along the banks of the river, there were many trees on one side, and the other, and he said to me, This water flows towards the east region. It goes down into the valley and enters the sea. And when it reaches the sea, its waters are healing, are healed. And it shall be that every living thing that moves, wherever that river goes, will live. 
Isn't that exciting? You should be excited about this right here. Wherever that river goes, everything around it is going to be alive. There will be a great multitude of fish because these waters go there, for they will be healed, and everything will live wherever the river goes. And it shall be that fishermen will stand by it from Ilgadai and in Lingham. Well, there's some good names in the Bible, hard to pronounce. They will be places for spreading their nets. Their fish will be of the same kinds of fish from the great sea. Exceedingly many, but its swamps and its marshes will not be healed. They will be given over to salt. Along the banks of the river on the, this side and that will grow all kinds of trees used for food. Their leaves will not wither the, and their fruit will not fail. They will bear fruit every month because of their waters flowing from the sanctuary. Their fruit will be food and their leaves will be medicine. This is exciting stuff right here, guys, because it's talking about a place that we're going to go see one of these days. Ezekiel sees a living, giving river, and everywhere it flows, life flourishes. Amen. I believe that the fishermen are the great evangelists spreading the word of God, and the abundance of fish are those who will come to know Jesus. And if you're a believer in Jesus, then out of you will flow rivers of living water. It's God's plan to use us in such a way to bring floods of people into his kingdom. That's his plan for us, is that we will go out and we will share the gospel message. We'll let the river of life flow out of us. Other people will come and know who Jesus is, and it will grow his kingdom. That is our job. That is our message. That's the same message that we've been commissioned with in Matthew as well. Are you willing to be a vessel to be used over and over again, having the Spirit being poured out of you each and every time you get to speak to somebody about the gospel? I hope that is what you want to do, that you want to be a vessel used by God and poured out, flowing out of you to build God's kingdom. And the last thing tonight is this river of water, this river of the water of life. It's a river that reminds us that we are people who still depend upon God. We still depend upon Jesus, and we still depend upon the Holy Spirit. It's a river that continually flows of the Holy Spirit and the life and the blessing and the spiritual power that he gives. And that scripture comes from Revelations 22, verses 1 through 5. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and the Lamb. Don't miss that part right there. Proceeding from the throne of God and the Lamb. In the middle of its streets, on either side of the river, was the tree of life, which bore twelve fruits. Each tree yielded its own fruit in its month. The leaves of the tree were of healing of the nations, and there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. They shall see his face, and his name shall be on their foreheads. There shall be no night. They need no lamp, nor light of sun. 
for the Lord God gives them light, and they shall reign with him forever and ever. What a river I long to see. Amen? What a river I long to see. Are you ready to see that river? Are you ready to go to heaven? Do you know that you will see that river? Do you know in your heart tonight that you will see, personally see that river? You know, as we, as we continue our journey through the Gospel of John, the significance of Jacob's well is that it provides us an opportunity for Jesus to present himself as the living Messiah to a Samaritan woman and later to her whole village. The woman had asked, Are you greater than our father Jacob? The answer is resounding, yes. Jacob may have, have, have provided his children with physical water in an arid land. He dug a well where there was not to be a well. In our video, we've seen that. We've seen that, that even when the man walked up and he said, the river runs around the mountain, it don't run up the mountain. And he said, don't let yourself be deceived by the wades that are out there. But Jacob, he provided that physical water in that arid land. But Jesus, he provides his children with living water in a spiritual wasteland. That's who Jesus is. Have you drank from that well tonight? Do you know of that living water that is Jesus that he's offering you today? Is there a river of life flowing from within you? The life that Jesus gives satisfies all of our needs and springs up in eternal life. And that is something that we need to be excited about. If you need Jesus tonight, you need to come to the river. You need to come and drink from the well. As I said at the beginning of this tonight, no water, no life. Without it, you will die. No Jesus, no life. Without him. You will die. Every head bowed and every eye closed as pigeon comes to play tonight. If that's you tonight, if that's you, if you are here tonight and you've never drink, drank that water that Jesus is offering, if you've not ever given your life to Christ, if you've not ever, if you've missed out on this opportunity to be a river of life inside of you that flows out of you, having the Holy Spirit inside of you, Jesus would love for you to ask him into your heart. We can show you how to do that by, by way of Scripture, and we can, we can show you where he promises you that Holy Spirit, that, that well of water that's going to spring up inside of you, that's going to nourish you, that's going to f make life flourish inside of you. If that's you tonight, the altars are open for you. If, if you're here tonight and you're a Christian, you need to be excited about what Jesus has done for us. We need to be excited that he's given us the Holy Spirit, given us all the power that we need to be Christians who will stand firm and stand on the gospel message of Jesus. That we would go out and we would share this message and be bold about sharing. Let those, those rivers of life flow out of us so that it may affect the people around us. So we can have that great flood of people entering into God's kingdom because of what Jesus has done. And he wants to use you tonight. 
I hope that's you. I hope you're that Christian that's here tonight and needs that. Needs to be one of those who's going to stand up, stand bold, and stand out. The altars are open just to come and pray.